Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I'm the director of Chi Alpha at Georgia Tech and at Kennesaw. Some of my friends are here. Good to see you. Uh, based out of Atlanta. Thank you. This is, this is what I do. Uh, based out of Atlanta. And I was not always actually in Chi Alpha. I'm kind of a new transplant. Uh, you could say about eight years ago whenever I started to get the Chi Alpha bug. I was pastoring for a few years. I uh, was, <laughs> was pretty decent oh, at it. The Although that may happen since we've been at Salt. I walked into that gym today. Don't even like, confess that. Here we go. Praise the Lord. Um, but I, I wasn't always Chi Alpha, so I wasn't drinking the Kool Aid like you guys are uh, inside of the. Uh, they don't the even know that I hope they don't. Anybody uh, know who Jim Jones is? Oh, yeah, they do. Look come on, that. yeah. See, we actually oh, okay. It's not. This is what we did. He's in their sociology it's book. Exactly, exactly. It's called a history book as well. Yeah, you know? you don't tell him he was the AG, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before I, I he did all that, before he did, we, right. he got out. That's what he was not Just to be clear. So I came into Chi Alpha. I was learning the Chi Alpha ways. I fell in love with it, and then the Lord found favor on my family and allowed us to serve here. Mm. But I was in the church for a long time mm -hmm. and uh, went through different levels, different rankings. Left the church, went into the marketplace, started a few companies, did really, really well. And we sold those companies and I was asking what we were supposed to do with our lives. We didn't know really what the Lord was doing. But we had the mission of the Great Commission over our hearts and we had some level been educated and that's how we got into Chi Alpha. Pastor Mike, who, in my opinion, is one of the best pastors in America for these families. <laughs> I mean that with all of my heart, uh, because he's a man of God. But his level of influence, you wouldn't even know it from your circles, but has reached all corners of our fellowship in these families. Uh, when he came into Atlanta, was it four years ago? Yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. Uh, he sought out Chi Alpha, and I was the Chi Alpha director for Atlanta, still am, and he said, can I hang out with you? And I said, sure. And then he began to share his story. So share your story if you don't mind for a minute or two. Yeah, it started uh, in 1965 when I was uh, born in Decatur. <laughs> that is true. Um, no, so I, I was not raised in church. I'm a, I'm a heathen. You know, I have no religious background. I'm a heathen. And um, so uh, when I was a junior in high school, teen alcoholic, uh, tried to commit suicide on a couple occasions, went from an A student to a typical CDF student, uh, barely got out of high school after that, got saved in the middle of my junior year. Here's how it happened. The Chi Alpha pastor and his assistant at uh, Troy University. Which, yeah. 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 Are, you, are you the Chi Alpha guy? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, every time. This isn't the guy I'm talking about, by the way. No, no, no. I'm not that old yet. He knows him, Al Baker. <laughs> Al Baker was the guy at the time, right? The pastor? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you, go, you, you go there to first? Yeah. Well, it's not first anymore. They call it something. Yeah. Troy Community. Yeah, that's whatever it is. So, um, the, that, it was at this place. Al Baker was the Kyle pastor. Later became University of Alabama Kyle pastor and the state director. Um, he led Billy Hope to the Lord, who led me to the Lord. And they both discipled. They were really discipling me before I ever got saved. And if you're part of Calpha, you understand that DNA, right? Mm -hmm. So for a year, year and a half, they were revealing Christ to me. And uh, loved me, even though I was a messed up kid. And um, gave my life to Jesus. And they discipled me for the next year and a half before I went to Bible college at Southeastern in Lakeland. 
And the truth is, I wouldn't have uh, probably made it through Bible college had I not been discipled. That's just the honest truth. Because I went there, and all these church kids were coming to this Bible college. And, like, I was watching them for the first time be away from their parents. I understand the dynamic now. Then I didn't, right? Uh, and so they could stretch their wings and fly, and they were flying in the wrong direction, a lot of them, right? So I'm walking by cars, watching the windows fog up, and... You know, you can, you can put the math together from there, right? And uh, I'm going, so here was my mindset. Okay, for 17 years, I didn't know Christ. I came to Christ and radically transformed and discipled. And you mean 17, 18 years later? Because I'm looking at students who've been raised in church for their whole life. I'm going to go back to where I came from? Oh, well. Uh, this ain't what I want. And I would call Al and Billy, and they'd say, no, that's not the way it is. You know, and I thought when I went to Southeastern, I was going to where the uh, apostles are trained. I mean, I was, I was green. You were supposed to see Peter there, right? I was, I was green. I mean, I had no, I didn't even know there was a Southeastern until like three months before I went. And I knew I was called to ministry, and I went, and uh, I was like, when I got there, I expected the Holy of Holies. And there are some holy places there, but there are some unholy places there. I mean, it's in Florida, come on. And so I did 35 years of ministry there, by the way, and uh, helped initiate Kyle University of South Florida. And, uh, and yeah, Pastor Mike's here. been one of the biggest champions for Kyle in the Southeast region. He's been one of Pastor Mario's uh, deepest. And that's why I was that's late. He late. was in so my office, yeah. we'll blame revealing deep secrets. <laughs> so we've got a unique perspective, and I'm very thankful. Uh, and let me say this from the onset: Kyle is an Assemblies of God ministry. And many of our what? Chi Alphas actually don't even stand here. <laughs> right. And, we, you know, part of it's because admissionally, we don't start off that conversation on the campus when we're meeting freshmen of saying, hey, would you like to come to an Assemblies of God thing? We actually just say, would you come hang out with our community? And what happens is, is that as we grow and we get discipled and we live on mission, you end up graduating. Matter of fact, most of you are going to graduate, but you're all going to transition into the marketplace or into the world somehow, some way. So we have a unique perspective. We've seen it on both sides. You've seen it as a disciple. I've seen it as a person who was always enamored with Chi Alpha and wanted to be into the circle and learn how to do it. And then we've also critiqued it. Anybody in a, in a place where you know that leaders actually want to get and make things better, right? Mm -hmm. So the, one of the things you get to do as a leader is you get to ask questions, how are we doing? Well, one of the problems we have right now in our Chi Alpha nation is that we're not transitioning well at all not just into church, that's pretty rough, but specifically not into spirit-filled, empowered assemblies of God churches. And even whenever I say that, some of you may be going, well, that doesn't really matter. Does it need to be an AD church? No, it doesn't. It needs to be the church. But I really believe in Pentecost. I really do. Pentecost marked me. I believe in the theology of our Pentecostal perspective from an AG historical narrative. I believe in the, mission, the missiology that we have. I believe in the network that we have. And I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid either. I like to drink a lot of things. <laughs> not fermented, sorry. This is awesome. <laughs> I knew where he was going. Uh, but I also like to, more not also like to think. I'm a, I was, my name one is coffee. I'll try that. But I really like to think through with a humble heart as best I can. Not always great at it. But to have a, a, a critical eye to see where can we can get better. And one of the things that we're observing is that we have got to get better. As a matter of fact, Anybody know who Alex Rodriguez is? Yeah. yeah. Alex is one of our giants and generals right now in Chi Alpha. 
Uh, I was texting him this past week and I said, let me ask you a question. What is the statistics and the data showing us? When somebody graduates from Chi Alpha as a local chapter, how many of them, those students, go into a, an AG church? And his response back was pretty bleak. Any, any thoughts or ideas? I, I revealed a little bit in one of my sessions. What, what do you think, Pastor Mike? I think it's less than 10%. It's a little better, but it's, okay. it's not much. 30. What'd you say? 30. 30 is the estimate that we know. We actually don't have any data. Anecdotally, we believe it's almost 2 out of 10 going to an AG church. That'd be 20%. 20%. Thank you. That's halfway. Hey. But we are, it, it actually doesn't get much better. We don't think more than five. Thank you. We don't think more than five out of 10 actually go into church and stay past five years. We don't think. Now, we don't know. This is anecdotal. One of the reasons we don't know is so we've been scared to ask the question. I'm being very real. Like, yeah. do we really want to know this information? Yeah, I do. It doesn't really look good on us, right? It's like, uh, it's like if you've been given a gift and then you squander it, I think the Bible actually talks a little bit about that. Yeah. So what we're trying to do now is to think through a different narrative. We want to create a better understanding. Chi Alpha has been trying to tackle this, I know for a fact, for about 10 years. Uh, through things such as Springboard and getting students that are graduating from their junior and seniors to think into the marketplace. We haven't really been winning in this area. So if we just take the presumed estimated data, let's just give us ourselves a little bit of grace here and say three out of ten actually go into a church and stay longer than five years. Is that really good? No. It's not good at all. Now, if I take that data, estimated presumptive, and we look across this room, maybe this section stays in the church, stays on mission, stays in a place of giving, stays in a place of resourcing, and then what are you going to do? So we're having this conversation. Whenever I came into Chi Alpha, I kept hearing this language. Well, you're not Chi Alpha yet. Anybody ever heard that you have to have this culture of Chi Alpha? Hmm. It was hmm. a real big thing for me. I hmm. came from the church where we thought we knew what we were doing. And next thing you know, I realized I don't have Chi Alpha culture because there was three things that I saw. One, there was a concept of different language. There was a major language gap. There was a major missions gap. And then there was a major expectations gap. So I've asked Pastor Mike, and really where this conversation was germane was as, as Patrick um, Hundle, the guy that's leading our Salt and Mario, said, what is something we really want to communicate to some of our, of our students? And I said, can we help them get into church and stay there? We do a really good job of keeping people in Chi Alpha. We don't do a really good job of saying Chi Alpha is not the kingdom of God. Really, Chi Alpha is not the kingdom of God. It is a major aspect. It's a huge conduit. It is the most strategic mission field, in my opinion, especially for your age group. The kingdom of God is way bigger. Mm -hmm. Let me give you for one example. I was flying real recently, and I was, uh, uh, I'm that guy that when they get on the airplane, everybody's saying, please don't sit beside me. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're like, this guy's coming down the hall. Like, I have to, like, turn my head to even get down kind of thing. And I sat beside this guy, and he was dressed to the nine, and I was like, I am so sorry. Like, the first thing I started doing is apologizing. Like, hey, man, you want to put your arm right here? You know, it's like, and he said, what do you do? And I said, well, um, you know, I'm in the faith community because I don't really know where, who I'm talking to just yet. And he began to really probe, and I could hear that he was asking some language. And yeah. after it turned out that he was a fighter pilot for the U.S. Air Force, and he was being transitioned somewhere, and he was actually a pretty high-level guy. Yeah. 
And I said, well, tell me your story. He said, well, I'm from here. My parents were missionaries. Come on. From the Assemblies of God. What? To a specific community, uh, kind of like the Amish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up in Pittsburgh. Wow. He said it wasn't Amish, but it was like one of those communities there. He said, we were missionaries, and as I was born in, in, in America, I wanted to become a fighter pilot. He just completed his tour, and now he was on his very first commercial flight flying one of these planes, and he was doing his time, right? And he's sitting beside me. And I said, well, what, you know, he said, actually, I'm a missionary. And I love that language, right? Mm -hmm. But he didn't say, I'm in the church, I'm in Chi Alpha. He said, I'm a Christian yeah. who's working in the marketplace, and I'm a missionary. Mm -hmm. But more specifically, he was a fighter pilot that became, I think it's my wife. Is it your uh, wife? Um, <laughs> he could be asking for some, like, car thing. Hello, this is Robbie's phone. <laughs> You're such an iPhone user. You touch that, you don't know what to do. I didn't. <laughs> oh, you got to lift it up? Yeah. That's oh, okay. yeah. Like, you just not do it. Wow. Right. Okay, so now, here we are. iPhone. Wow. Here's the point. Here's the point. I love those conversations because here's the kingdom. Two guys that are kingdom in different areas... Yeah. And I just asked him, man, what do you do now? Where do you go to church? And he said, well, I'm actually moving with intention to this location. I requested because that's where we are going to be a part of the church. He focused first on where he wanted to serve in community and then found where he was going to serve in the marketplace. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, do we do that with Kaiapa? I'm not too sure. So this conversation between me and Pastor Mike, really what we wanted to do was have a conversation. I wanted to pick his brain. I wanted you to listen. I wanted him to push back and critique on some of my thoughts, you to listen, then I want you to ask us some really good questions. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. any, any questions before we get going? I'll, I'll, I'll allow two. Yes. Go for it. Well, my answer is going to be extremely biased because I'm an ordained Assemblies of God minister and this is being recorded. 100% you should go into an Assemblies of God church. Now, Pastor, answer that question for yourself. Yeah, you know what? The Assemblies of God not the only boat in the water. And uh, there are some other great places. Uh, I'm biased as well because I got saved as a heathen and they loved me and, and uh, gave me opportunity. And so uh, it's a missions organization. It's always been a missions organization. And the preamble of our Constitution still to this day, after 100 years, says we will be the greatest evangelistic organization the world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we're 60 to 70 million strong outside the U.S. and only about 3 to 5 million strong inside the U.S. Mm -hmm. So we are a missions organization, mission-focused. And as long as it stays that, I'm with it. If not, I'll go with you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think it's going to change, you know, not on my watch. It won't change as long as, as we're in leadership, I can yeah. tell you that. The, to answer your question in a roundabout way, I want to say this. We're not the, the, the best thing in the market. We are an aspect that I believe God is empowering and using. But can you define what you're looking for in a church, what you mean by community, and, how you, and what expectations you're going to have whenever you leave? Because you got to understand, this is one of my major points right here. Kyle is very unique. We are on a focused geographic location with a focused people group in a focused season of life. By definition, that is 
the purest form of mission when you think missiology. Yeah. And it always ends. But the rest of your life is going to be hopefully 50, 60 more years afterwards. And those things, those parameters are not going to be the exact the same thing as Chi Alpha. So what does church look like for you? What does mission look like for you? Does it have to be a denomination? Man, I can't even, scripturally I'd be an error if I said yes. But I do believe in what we're doing with the assemblies. And I'm not scared to say that, but I also don't want it to become our banner. Does that make sense? Jesus is the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Holy Spirit empowerment to me is a huge deal. Um, and that's a, that's a great question. I think it's actually apropos for what we're discussing. One more question before I get into some of our notes. We're good? All right, so let's talk about mission, for example. Chi Alpha's mission is what? Somebody say it. I heard somebody started, but they were scared. <laughs> what is it? Reconciling, transforming the. All right. I hope you're not all seniors. We got two more years, and we're going to keep working on that. You got to get right it down when they come in. Exactly. We're here to reconcile students to Christ by transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. There's some more to that right there, but that's a pretty truncated, very focused way of doing it. Yeah. What is the mission of the church? Again, I hear some good tries over here. Matthew 28. Okay, which, which is what? The Great Commission. Say it. Okay, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have Oh, all right. Oh, man, if I had some merch, I'd be Oh, listen, big dog pulling up. Oh, y'all, this is what I'm talking to be. You better take that to the Lord and die. So, I had one person in my church that could quote that. I would have more money. Now, think about that. I mean, okay, here's me as a campus pastor going, what's our mission? Man, be confident. I'm on this campus as Christ ambassadors. Right. I'm serious about that. I mean, when we're talking about that at Georgia Tech, Kennesaw State, this is who we are and what we're doing. You're actually yeah. not there for an education. That's the cherry on top, and then you're hoping yeah, 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 to get yeah. married as well. Yeah. Somebody looked at me. What? <laughs> yeah. You better get married in Chi Alpha. Common mind, common language, common mission. Just being real. Yeah. I mean, just start looking right here. But right, start today. Is <laughs> that <laughs> Whenever we say mission, to reconcile students to Christ by transforming the university, the marketplace, and the world. This is number one, our language, but it's our mission. It's very focused. And then you do have the great commission of the church. And then you take it yeah, to yeah. the day of Pentecost, and then you take it to some of the other things whenever Paul's talking to the epistles. But now what we've got is the church is much more broad. Would you agree with that? Yes. Specifically in ages, because yeah. we're focusing on right. college age, right. usually between that 17 to 25 age. You know, there's some outliers there, but on the bell curve, you're going to get that 20-year-old, 19-year-old, 21-year-old. But the church has to deal with what? Is that a yeah. trick, trick question? Yeah, this is, your, this is me handling one of you. Oh, okay, all right. So um, we, you know, the, the, the missing piece in much of the churches, you have churches that reach the 20 to 30-something age bracket, and then, but the majority of the churches don't. Well, however, the 20 or 30 something, you guys coming out of college, is when people are starting to gravitate back to church. 
they're starting to have kids, they're starting to look, I want to have community, I want to have some relationship, I need some help, I don't know how to parent, I don't know how to budget, I don't know how to, you know, get a job and keep it, I, you know, I, so, and they're looking for helps, and so church is one of those spots they go and check out, um, and a church that does well will meet those needs. Uh, I think um, that if the church uh, is, is sharp, they're going to look for you. That's just bottom line. But that doesn't happen. No. no. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I was a pastor. For I'm myself. looking for So, if we, we want to, let me just, can to. I just. We, I would beg for these people to have walked through my doors. Yeah, so here's what I'm begging right now. Move to Atlanta <laughs> upon graduation, and if you guys come with me, we will turn this city upside down. Yes, we will. I, I believe promise that. you. I, believe I promise. Oh, yeah, come on. Yeah, <laughs> come on. I'll take any of you and all of you. But you, you as a pastor, you yeah. are dealing with baby dedications all the oh, way yeah, up yeah. To, to funerals. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I've done a few funerals in Chi Alpha, but it's not been near no, the no, scale. Right. I haven't had any children yet. Yeah, you got that now. targeted on. We're very focused. Yeah. Our mission is very focused. So now we've got a problem. Yeah. You are leaving, and you're wanting the greatest community of your life to, to be sustained. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Man, I really hope this happens. I really hope I can find the church. Right. Where do I find that at? Can yeah. I tell you that's a unicorn? Yeah. I'm being as honest and as I can. Mm. And then whenever they're not a unicorn, they make podcasts about you. I'm being serious. Yeah. Because what the church is is not a focused mission. Yeah. It is the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. And that looks different through every facet of that. I would say, though, the con if you, who asked the question earlier? Yeah, it was you. So the AG, I think, comes as close as any church organization to being missional. Mm -hmm. And so they are, because they want to be the greatest evangelistic organization, right? Mm -hmm. The caveat we missed early on in our existence up until really about 20 years ago was discipleship. We just, to be honest, we missed it. We were great worshipers, and we were great at leading people to Jesus. We didn't know how to make disciples. Chi Alpha was one of the first groups to come along and do that, honestly. And now churches are starting to pick it up. They're not, honestly, you're going to go to churches that ain't got nothing to do with discipleship. They don't even understand. They don't know how to spell the word. Um, so, um, but still, there's the mission of winning souls. That, that's, that, that's true on every AG front. That is true. Yeah. And, I, and I want to make that as a posit into this conversation. Yeah. Because the Great Commission is actually what sustains even our commission on the Chi Alpha campus. Right. I mean, that's the reason why we exist. Now, we carry it with 2 Corinthians 5.19 as though we are Christ's ambassador. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Another great memory verse for you. But the mission really hasn't changed. It just gets more broad and less focused. Yeah. And that's the biggest concept I want you to hear from transitioning from Chi Alpha into the local church. So wherever you go, what I'm really asking you to consider, and one of the points I want you to hear is this. You have to raise your expectations, not lower it. And by raising your expectation and missions, you still get to say, I am Christ ambassador who has been transitioned from a focused people group and geographic location into the greater world called the kingdom of God, in a different capacity, and now I get to carry this mission in a different way there. Mm -hmm. you, have, you have to be Christ's ambassador to the church. Guys, I can't say this enough. The church is not perfect. Chi aren't perfect. Churches aren't perfect. Nobody's perfect because it's us. We are the body, right? 
Second or First Corinthians 12. We are the body. Yeah. And because we're not perfect, we're imperfect people going into this thing that we, on paper, think we know what it should look like. That is such a small snapshot. Your Chi Alpha is its own personality with its own culture, with its own unique stamp. The kingdom of God is much bigger. But if you're going to continue the mission, and you should, and you have to, it is not a, a suggestion. When you transition, raise your expectations. When you don't find it, you create it. You create it. The mission doesn't stop. But you have to find places, and I'm going to, this is where I'm going to put it back in your car, uh, hand for a second, Pastor Mike. There are pastors out there who love Chi Alpha. There's pastors out there who don't yet love Chi Alpha. And whenever I'm walking around, I'm an ambassador for Chi Alpha and the kingdom and Jesus and for all of you, and I'm saying, why do you not yet love what we do? And there's different reasons, but you know the biggest reason is I get from people who have had Chi Alphians go into their church, they come in critiquing, they're frustrated, they don't add to the mission, they don't bring value, they actually leave in a huff and then they don't show up again. Can I just tell you, carry the mission to the church. Yeah. Go be the church. Yeah. I'm very serious about that. You want to know how to transition well to a faith community? You carry your faith. Into, let, me, let me read you from Zechariah 3. This is the real scripture. Yeah, okay. Then the angel of the Lord, this is verse 1, then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. Now, Jeshua was the high priest in this moment. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord, who has chosen Jerusalem, <coughs> rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. That's you when you leave your Kyle community. Really great fire, really great community, really great environment. You've been pulled out your transition. Where do you go next? Well, you think, well, he's just going to die out because that's what happens when you pull the fire, the stick out of the fire. That's not what happens. That's not what happens. To this man, verse, Jeshua's clothing was filthy, and he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes and turn into Jeshua. He said, see, I have taken away your sins, and now I'm giving you these fine new clothes. When you transition, you're actually putting on something new. Every time. And it's not just Chi Alpha. It's whenever you go from here to being married, from single to being together as one. It's go from being parentless to being a parent. You're putting on new clothes. You have to transition well. You know how you transition well? You love Jesus. You're well discipled. You're living on mission. None of that changes. Just the context. Just the context. The church is broken because we are broken. And you get to help fix it. That's why you're here on the planet. His glory for the kingdom of God. That's mission. So, now that, we've got a language barrier. Whenever I say small group, it means 40 different things even in this room. You know, I mean, I'm serious. Even in this room, even amongst Chi Alpha, there's different. We've identified 12 major tribes in Chi Alpha. These are awesome. They're great. You have these kind of personalities, these kind of expectations. A lot of them are contextual to the local culture of their geographic place on the planet. But what I'm saying is that, that we have an even bigger gap to overcome whenever we go into the church. Whenever I say small group, you're automatically thinking these people that I've been living together, living on mission together, evangelizing together, discipling together, having organics together, and then we're going to graduate together. When we say small group in the church, you know what we're really saying? A Bible study that's been happening in a book or on a video, and these people are going to come together on a Wednesday night, and then they're going to go back to their homes. And during that time, they're going to be an amazing community at the church. But that's it. 
So we've got a language problem. Pastor, I know I didn't ask you this, but you're brilliant. What is a language issue that you can identify from the church towards us that we've got to hear? Well, in my brilliance. <laughs> um, you know, my, my challenge is uh, my roots are in Kyle. So, I, although I concur with everything he's saying and probably more than he knows in the local church, the variety, the, the language, in our scenario, there's not a big jump. You know, I mean, we. Having said that, we're transitioning to that here. I've only been here four years. And yeah. two years I've been pastoring during COVID, which is like pastoring in hell. So, <laughs> <laughs> just being transparent. So, um, he was the only man hosting prayer meetings for the Assemblies of God in our state. What? I had a, pastors drove to Atlanta to have prayer meetings during COVID. I'm serious. That's how weird it was for us. Mm. And these are identity issues. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You think it was weird on the campus? We at least have Zoom. We're already small group focused. They're Sunday morning focused, and then it's done. I'm serious. Think about that. Nobody was in that sanctuary for three months. And I I don't win. You know, if I I don't have service, I don't win for those who have faith and believe we should be having service. And then if I do have service, I don't win from we're the home of CDC. And they said, we're from hell. Just to be honest. And you you probably (laughs) pastor the most diverse campus in our state. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, yeah. As an aggregate. Yeah, because just to be clear, our church is uh, 97, 98% black. 70% of that's international. So uh, first generation in the United States. My number one demographic is Nigeria. My number two is Jamaican. So we are pretty diverse. Um, I came from Florida where I pastored a 40, 50% uh, Spanish church. And, and white and black, and here I'm all black skin, but from all over the world. Mm-hmm. At high level education, yeah. I mean, Super I got PhDs, doctors, attorneys, business owners. I don't even know why they hired me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm serious. I don't have any idea. However, so language. Language. Yeah. Um, you know, again, because you guys are so super focused, right, on what you do. I don't. I, I don't think anybody in a uh, outside of maybe a small country church on the backside of nowhere, um, they wouldn't have any problem with your language. It just is not going to be the language they use. And so I think it's bringing definition to what you guys are coming from and find out what they're doing, and knowing that their definition is not as super focused as yours. So, small group to small group, whether it's with Chi Alpha or at the local church. However, in the DNA of Chi Alpha, the small group, is very intentional. It's everything. If you read my DNA for our life groups, we call them life groups, uh, it would be basically what yours guys, you are. However, not all my people embrace that because they've never had it. Mm -hmm. They only did Sunday school or, you know, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. right? And we also sat down, you and I together, and wrote the things out, read a book, Discipleships together, and he was like, hey, how do we get this going, what we're doing? Yep. So let's take language, for example. Whenever I say small group, this means one thing. So if you have the foreknowledge or the forethought to understand when you leave Chi Alpha, the language is going to have a gap. 
What do you think as a self-directed leader, which means, by the way, you should have some maturity because we believe you're carrying the real responsibility. You have grown while you're in Chi Alpha. What do you think you should be doing right now thinking through transition in language? Researching the gap. Researching the gap, absolutely. Good. Good. That's exactly right. You know what you're used to doing? <laughs> Having somebody do it for you. Oh. Mm-hmm. But this is not a stay in diapers life. <coughs> this is a growth life. Yeah. Yeah. When you graduate, I'm expecting you to be hireable, marketable, usable. Not, not use it like I'm just going to use it and throw you away, but like yeah. you're supposed to be productive. Yeah. Can, can I say that not every, as you're even researching, some pastors and churches are going to get like uneasy about that, even if you ask questions. That's, mm. their, that's their immaturity. Just, you're smart enough. Filter through all that. Yeah. Let some of that stuff go. A pastor's not going to always get it right. Mm-hmm. Trust me. Yeah. Okay? Give I, them some grace. Let me Let me put it to you this way. I say this to, to my circle of influence. You're going to have to kind of put down Kyle for a little bit when you leave. You've been carrying a really strong banner in during the campus season of your life. Pick up a different banner called the kingdom and be adaptable. Grow into that. Learn. While carrying some excellent principles that you've been discipled into and then go produce in the church. And can, can you... That, the church needs you. Yeah. Trust me. They don't even know they need you, some of them. But they need you. Now, you can't go in with that attitude, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've arrived. I'm Kai Alpha Man! <laughs> you're, you're redeemed of the Lord. What, what do you think you know? that they need? What do you think the church needs from us? Well, your whole DNA. Honestly, your whole DNA. I mean, you're, you're built around community. You're built around discipleship. You're built around evangelism. That's the church. That is the church. However, the church has become so complex in America and watered down in America that uh, those three things don't exist. They're, they're just covered in a, in a pile of other crap. Yeah. Can I just be transparent and say crap? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I figure we cut out. So we are. It, yeah. I'm, so, I'm I mean, I would have probably said, I know, I was, I was gentle. I could have said something else. Well, you I, said we are being recorded. Can I say one of the things that I think yeah. that the church needs from us, and this is yeah. without trying to be pompous and pretentious so please sure. this is presented with a little bit of humility as much as i can i think that you need our skills in evangelism and discipleship absolutely 100 percent. can you raise your hand in here if you've led somebody to the lord while you're on the campus okay i'm just going to estimate that's at least 65 percent in the room i think so or better yeah in the others you probably are on the way there and I'm, if not just give yourself that grace and, and keep going yeah you will inside the church what would you think that would have been in the same time? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm serious. So this is no, a real thing. Yeah, I, it's less, way less. One-on-one, the best we get in evangelism in most churches, in most churches, is they'll invite them to church. Yeah. But never invite them to Christ. Yeah. When I said that here, when I came here, and this is a well-established, one of the, one of the historical churches of Georgia, and they were like, Deer in the headlights when I said that. Yeah. I said, you guys should be, how many of you led somebody to Jesus? I'm telling you, I, I might have had three or four hands yeah. go up in the whole room of 400 people. Because yeah. Yeah. this is a language thing too. When we say evangelism, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really focus on, on our discipleship methods here right. in, in Atlanta. When we say evangelism, one of our culture statements is, you haven't evangelized until you've brought somebody to a place of acceptance or rejection of the gospel. Yeah. The church has erroneously, accidentally said, you just have to represent Jesus in your evangelizing. 
Right. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's a proclamation. It's planting seed. I'm okay with water. Actually, I'm not. Right. I'm not okay with that. Yeah. I want to harvest because yeah. the harvest is plentiful. Now, there's methods, and you have the 72 points in the Ingalls scale, and I'm all about all those things. Six thousand. There's 72 and, points. Well, it's from Barna. Take 72 okay. points of contact before somebody will accept oh. or reject the gospel. There's people not saved that I follow. And that's somewhere in the post-Christian group. <laughs> 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 I only did 42 Christians. <laughs> 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 72 <laughs> points of contact. I mean, that's like to the grocery store and that kind of stuff, right? So I think that you guys do carry skill. Now, what you should have heard if you're thinking critically, I have a skill that I get to take into the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you should have heard. And what I don't want you to get into the narrative of, what's the church going to do for me when I leave this place? Yeah, because can, can I piggyback on that? Yeah. They ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> I, I mean, unless they're really sharp and understand mm. your DNA and working in that mm. DNA, you're going to feel out of place. Yeah. Mm. You will. And get not the same. so fast. Yeah, and you'll be ready to go. Don't. Don't. Move to Atlanta. <laughs> and got here. people who can employ you too. Yeah, we got we got plenty of jobs. I mean, the job market here is wide open. You name yeah. your degree, we got it for you. Okay, I, I, I'm just being trivial yeah. right now. <laughs> I know this question is brewing, so give me five more minutes on my last point. Okay, and I'm having a really fun time thinking. Me too. I'm sorry. If I'm the last thing is expectations. So we we talked about language and mission and expectations. I want you to raise your expectations everywhere you go. I don't want you to lower them. Yeah. I really don't. I want you to raise it. Listen, the kingdom of God is more vibrant and more fluid and more dynamic than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. You're going to continue to go on mission trips. It just won't be led by such and such from the campus. Mm. You're going to continue to build uh, buildings for the kingdom of God. Yeah, You're yeah. going to continue to be able to sow seed. And by the way, you should yeah. absolutely, don't be scared of money. You should make more money to give more money for the kingdom. Come on. I'm just being honest. Yeah. As an alumni, things. you support Kyle. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and send offerings to the town. This, I, I said, listen, <laughs> one of my responsibilities that we're trying to do is get on every campus in America. Yeah. That is 2,000 campuses do not have an evangelical expression. That's not Chi Alpha Beast, uh, BCM, over 2,000. If we put a $45,000 missionary, that's $90 million. Where do you think it's going to come from? I mean, you think that you, those 9 out of 10, maybe 8 out of 10 Chi Alpha are going to the marketplace. That's the kingdom. That is your mission field. I That's said it right. earlier. Who defines the mission field? The missionary. That's right. You don't let somebody, you don't let me define your mission field. You go because you are, right? So all of these things are in place. Expectations are this. You're going to produce, not to consume. You've got to think that way. You've graduated. You've been well-discipled. You get to go. And the church in America, by and large, is built around consumerism. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, you're, going to, you're going to produce can I say this way? If the first thing you do is sit down and say, I'm looking for a church that has this and this and this ministry with this and this and this people and this and this and this community, I would like for you to just wipe that off gently and go back to prayer. The Lord's not all sending you to mega churches. He's sending you to places where he needs you. And he's going to put you in a place in the marketplace where you get to be used for him. And the Lord needs you at the tab in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to your church now. You're begging. So. I am. Uh, I have no shame. <laughs> Listen, every time I bring another Kyle from here in Atlanta, he's throwing gifts at them. I love it. Uh, I thought I heard my daughter. Um, here's one of the things that people get with your expectations. You say it in your heart, this doesn't look like what I've had. 
That's because you didn't realize what you had in the moment. Come not on. Not in the present. Yeah. This is unique. This is unique. It really is. Yeah. Focus people group, focus geographic location, focus season of life. It is going to end. But you get to create that same thing in the church wherever you go. You get to do the life group. You get to lead people to Jesus. You get to disciple those right. people in the adults. Right. You get to help. And by the way, it's like when I say this, I've, one of my goals is to never baptize anybody in Chi Alpha. That means I've led them to Jesus. I want the students to do it. Yeah. And the same thing happens. Find you these places. Find. And by the way, maybe you're going to be a lay pastor where you're working, uh, doing, um, you know, you're working in the marketplace and you're going to be a lay pastor. You're qualified. Go yeah. get your credentials. Go step up. Go yeah. do these things. Go plant churches where there's no churches. Be a be pastor. All of this. Be out, all these things. Yeah. It's not just a cycle for us. It's a cycle for them and us. <laughs> That's right. Does that make sense? It's a kingdom deal. It's a kingdom deal. Absolutely. So I've, I've, I've got many more points. I, I want to. Uh, give time for conversation and honor it. So we've got about 12 minutes. Let's ask some good questions. Feel free to tell us which one. Tell us your name first whenever you ask a question and we'll answer. Go for it. Uh, I'm Jade. Thank Hello. you, Jade. Um, this is, I don't know how to word this. I'm just going to word ramble. Um, so I know we're all like pumped about college students because we're with college students all the time. But how do we get like parents pumped for mission? Like the students that we're discipling are? Because I know we talk about it and they're like, yeah. That's so awesome, like spending seven days a week with us and like going to our small groups and stuff. So we know their life, but I know parents are like really focused on them getting an education and them getting a job mm -hmm. and just like not really going to mission. So how do we pump them up as much as our students? Let me answer that first, Jade, and then I'll pass it on to you. If we do our job in two generations, we will be the parents who are pumped about missions. You're thinking too short, and I'm not, it's not a critical question, not a response to that. There's a biblical concept where generations have to die. <laughs> uh, I hate to say that. We're in that. I'm serious when I say this. My kids are on fire for missions. They love coming to Salt. They're 13 and 9. Primarily because they get to see the ice cream man. That's Pastor Mike. But seriously, they love it. Now... Your parents may not be yet now. That doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. They didn't grow up in these kind of things. When we do our job and we have taken over cities and we have accomplished the greatest rescue mission we've ever seen, we're changing a culture two generations away from us and then we get to be the new culture. You've got to think better and differently in those things. I understand the question now. Right now it's really hard. You have to pray. And then I'll pass off to Pastor Mike. So, um, for a personal example, Caleb, wave your hand. That's my youngest. He works here with me. He's a worship pastor and young adults pastor. And my, my other son who's older than him, Andrew, is our next-gen connections pastor. My daughter is a counselor. Uh, but it's generational. It is generational because my dad was a backslid preacher's kid. We weren't raised in church. He hated preachers, and he hated church. And uh, when I got saved and told him I was called into ministry, I thought he was going to kick me out of the house. And he didn't, thank God. But uh, six months later, he got saved. And today, he's in heaven. So yeah. I'm confident of that. Um, having said that, here, because of the international crowd, we battle this all the time. The international community, education's king. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So what happens is we've got students that go to our conferences, come to our youth group, come to our church. They feel called to ministry. They go home and tell mom and dad. And mom and dad said, no, you're not doing that. We even opened up a southeastern campus here to train them for ministry in this environment. 
And uh, they said, no, you're not doing that. You're going to get your bachelor's and master's and whatever. You're going to be a doctor or a nuclear scientist or something. Yep. And then you can go to ministry if you can work that in your schedule. Yep. Because they come from a background. Yep. We know all that, right? So, they don't have point. so we battle this every day here. How do we? So we're having to say to the students who now want to not even consider ministry. Mm-hmm. Because the parents not even give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And so we're saying to them, look, that is an avenue. And you may have to walk that avenue to honor your parents. Mm-hmm. However, you know, there may be a place where God speaks to you and you feel it strongly that you've got to break away from that. Yeah. And I had to, I mean, everybody, so to answer the call of God for like a vocational pastor, sometimes we've got to break away. My dad was a business owner. He wanted me to take over the business and I didn't do it. You know? And so... In your perspective, uh, you've already got that degree, you know, as far as the international community is concerned, you're going to go mission. And that'll just help. And can I just say, there's sometimes you've got to be like uh, CIA, you know, stealth. You know, you honor your parents. I got my degree. I got this great job. They don't need to know you chose that job or that community because it was a mission. Smart. I was going to ask you. I'm not saying lie to your parents (laughs) or deceive them, right? But just wait until God reveals it to them. Do you have have an answer to this question? I don't know if you do or not. I just I feel like you do. Will you go for it? Yeah, I I totally appreciate the whole idea of honoring the parents. Um, uh, I don't think that following God's call necessarily means poverty. And when I was called into missions, even though the people that were raising me were in ministry. They were Paxlin at the time. Uh, they they said, well, what about your bills? Mm-hmm. And I realized that if God was calling me to do this, that he was going to pay the bills. And so I didn't rely on family at all. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, I have one person in my family who supports me, and she's an assembly gun missionary. Mm-hmm. So the point is that I think sometimes people get called into Kyle because their campus pastor wants them to do it, or they want to stay with their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually should be harder to get into Chi Alpha. And that if you get in there, that you've got to find your own bacon. Yeah. And, uh, and we've done this with a lot of minority students, especially um, that I, I coach that become missionaries. You say, don't raise support from your family for the first term. Hmm. Raise it, let, let them see God do that support from other people. And then the second term, the parents will be all over it. Because they're like, well, God's on this. And right on here, I mean, he was whatever. And, but when God gave him a car towards the end of his itineration, yeah, yeah. I think that did some when yeah. his mom and dad That's, a big and way. That's a ministry to them. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, so when I went to Bible college, I'll never forget it, driving from Alabama, Troy, down to Lakeland. My mom and dad already moved to Tallahassee. And I stopped by, stayed the night with them, and then drove on. I'll never forget, I walked out to my <coughs> 1973 Toyota Corolla, loaded down with everything I own, which... <laughs> fit in a 1973 Toyota car. She said, she walked out to the car with me to say bye. And she said this, what other degrees does Southeastern have? And I said, um, I think they, back then they didn't have much. Now they got like a whole, I think psychology and teaching degree, I think maybe a business degree. And I said, why do you ask? She said, I just wonder if you got something else to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Which is a dream crusher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I appreciate that, Mom. But I had Al Baker as my disciple. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. And Al was like, in your face, ace. You know, he don't care about nobody or nothing. Mm-hmm. 
He'll tell you what, you, I mean, he told me in the Wendy's parking lot of Troy who I was, and I didn't appreciate it at all. <laughs> <laughs> but he actually told me I wouldn't appreciate it before he told me. So you're not going to like this, but we're going to tell you some things. <laughs> they told me, I'll never forget, they told me I was not a great athlete. I hated that. <laughs> they were right, but I didn't. Just going to say it in my own ears. Yeah. We have another question. Go for it. Um, hi, my name's Liz. Hey, Liz. Um, hi, Liz. Hi. So I noticed, like, when students transition out of Chi Alpha, a lot of the times they don't have a local church, they've, yep. they've been attended for the past four yeah. years, so it's hard for them to find a church, yep. but how can we be disciple makers now in our own churches instead of just participants? Mm. While you're still at school? While you're still at school, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think for me, it's have a conversation with the pastoral leadership yep. and say, I'm available. Mo most pastors are screaming for people to come and help, right. and uh, if they got a place, and, and don't despise small beginnings. That's so good. They may say, hey, can you help me with these kids? Well, I'm not really a kids guy. Go do it. Just go do it. Do it for one semester and see if it works, you know? At least you prove yourself. Because, like, they don't know you. You're a college student. They right. think you're over there smoking marijuana and drinking, you know? They don't have any idea. They don't. I mean, a lot of churches you can do that handily, too. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not in church while you're in Chi Alpha, that's a big no-no as well. I mean, you really should be in church. Kind of is a huge part of your faith community, but not the only. Yeah, and in these conversations, in fact, I was just having it with uh, uh, South Carolina South Africa guy. Patrick. 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 Um, I asked him right before I walked in here, I said, uh, what do you do to expose your students to AG churches? Because that's our frame of reference, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, we actually go, here's his answer. We actually, my, one of my mission trip years is go help an AG church. I said, so the only exposure your students have is that there are hurting, broken down churches that need help. Mm -hmm. And he went, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and then he, we talked more about it. So it, it, but find a place. It yeah, yeah, find a place. And so I'm, I'm going to start speaking to these guys and say, yeah. do something with your students to get them some exposure to the local church. See, and here in Atlanta, it's a different world. We didn't yeah. have a ton of AG churches right beside the campus, and so right. we planted one. Yeah. Seriously, we planted one. It's That's not hard right. to plant a church. It's just going to crush you, and you don't want to do it. That's what right. I want to say is, do we have any other questions? Yes, go for it. Okay, so... What's your name? My name's Michaela. Um, I'm actually a graduate, so I'm here as an alumni. Um, I graduated in May of 2020, smack dab in the middle of a global pandemic. It was a fun time. Um, so now I, I, like, obviously I live, I, I don't live anywhere close to my house. I live out in Allen, um, I haven't been able to find a job with my degree yet. I work at Walmart. <laughs> uh, second shift. Um, do you like have any ideas for like kind of how to work? I ha like I have a church that I go to, but it's hard to like maintain a like work-life balance between mm -hmm. the two. Um, I'm not in there. Like I went from having like five services a week because my Calpa is connected to a church. So if we weren't doing something with Calpa, we were doing something with church. Um, to now just kind of really just trying to make it when I can, which honestly isn't much. So um, to cut you off for a second time, what I'm hearing you say is, is there a really good work-life balance solution yeah. to church and then working? It's, it's going to be unique to every single person. Um, in my world, a lot of our graduates go into, uh, just because of their degree level, they're in very high pressure, high environments, they, they wrestle with this, and they just choose not to go to church. And I don't encourage that. 
There's got to be an intentionality. One of, one of our culture statements to in, in our discipleship plan is personal motivation never requires external stimulation. It's one of our five axioms. The derivative is if you're not personally motivated, you need accountability. That's external motivation. So because your soul matters more than your paycheck, I want people to understand you have to make the decision kingdom first always. Seek first the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. not first where I'm going to be going to employment. Now, if you're going there as business as mission and you're actually doing that and you're healthy enough emotionally, spiritually, and physically to do these things, then yes, go do that. That's apostolic. That's only one of the fivefold ministry. The majority are not even on the fivefold just yet. So we've got a lot of going in there. What I would like to say is this. You've got to be intentional, and your community that you're with now has got to be accountable hmm. for that. I don't think we have any time for any more questions because we have to go to the room. Can you get this guy out here? You sure? Yeah, you're the pastor. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I graduated uh, this past May. I think um, coming from a campus of 30,000 students and being a student leader there, uh, you find a lot of success because just because but there's sheer volume of people you can talk to, so you're yeah. not afraid to get rejected all the time. And transitioning to now in medical school, uh, which I think is probably similar to a lot of like marketplace uh, places. Sure, sure. I went from 30,000 students to about 160 people. And so. I don't have the sheer volume, so the thing that hurt me a lot was getting rejected a lot. I think whenever I tried to evangelize or try to invite people into my life, yeah. and they're, I kind of ran out of people, you know? So I kind of had to restructure my strategies in, in prayer time with the board. Yep. But what do you think are realistic expectations or strategies to employ once you get into the marketplace? Yeah, rather than For me, it's very relational, you know? It changes from the moment of confrontation to the building of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Alan and Billy hung out with me for a year and a half before I gave my life to Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you only got 160, they're gonna be one or two that you can connect with. Mm -hmm. They're not serving Christ, and you be their friend. In the church world, we call that friendship evangelism. I don't yeah. like the term, but it, I get the concept, right? It's, it's building the relationship, revealing Christ with your life for a period of time till they come to that moment. Here, I just believe they're just not saved yet. Yeah, that's what I and, and you may be looking for some like actual smart goals, so let me put it this way. If you're in an environment where it's not as open and easy, you could expect to lead somebody to Jesus once every two years. Yeah. And then you can disciple them for the next two years with the expectation of having them do. We call it two-by-two two evangelism. Yeah. You send out two to find the one who then becomes the two, and then the reciprocity happens. In an environment where you're getting rejected on a more personal, emotional level, your prayer life has to increase. And then you just got to say, Lord, I trust you. Also, if you're not praying in tongues every day, it's going to help you. Absolutely. I'm being dead serious. We don't even like to talk about that. Praying in... I'm, I'm, I'm alive serious, thank you. If you're not praying in tongues every day, you're actually missing out on a conduit of spirit empowerment. That's right. And that will help you reach the lost. It's not XYZ. But I think two, one person every two years is going to be a good example. Jesus spent three to three and a half years with 12 guys, still didn't get one, right? Mm -hmm. But he spent three to three and a half years really only winning 11 guys to Jesus. That's really good. And you could even say just the three. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you really could. Well, all of them, all of them bail. At the, at, Are you familiar the with the Engel scale? Anybody else not familiar with the Engel scale? Okay, there's something called the Engel scale. It's a representative of where somebody's at in their evangelical witness. It's E N G E L, I believe. It's, it's, yeah. We've got it on our, our resource page at kindofalanta.com forward slash resources. But just go search Engel scale. That will help you figure out a pathway to help somebody. Hey, thanks for coming to our session. We love you guys. Hey, it's been hey. awesome.